Week one is eight days away, and on this episode of the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast, Lucas and I conclude our summer position preview series with the quarterbacks. Joe Milton seems to be the guy. There's one flaw that I think is going to hold Harrison Bailey back from being this team's starting quarterback, and why we're not talking enough about Hidden Hooker on today's show. Plus, we're going to look at special teams and another update which these seem to be happening weekly now, about Walter Nolan, the five-star Knoxville area standout uh, who put Tennessee and two other SEC schools in his final top three. It's always brought to you by Brentwood Hearing Center here on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast, the hearing care provider in Middle Tennessee uh, for over 40 years. They've got five doctors of audiology with over 80 years combined experience. Uh, BrentwoodHearingCenter.com is where you find them online. Go get your hearing checked. If you find yourself asking people to repeat themselves time and time again, the problem might not be them. It's maybe you. Uh, 615-377-0420, com. They're going to diagnose where you're having trouble hearing, uh, the certain environments where you have the most trouble, uh, and they're going to give a tailored solution specifically uh, for you. Check them out. You'll be glad that you did. It's the UT Podcast. It's talking quarterbacks, special teams, uh, eight days away from week number one, and it starts right now. Will Bowling, Lucas Panzica, and the best insiders covering the Vols on Rocky Top each and every week. It's the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast on the Zone Podcast Network. It is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast one week away, somehow from kickoff between Tennessee and Bowling Green. Will Bowling, Lucas Panzica, hanging out with you. Uh, appreciate you finding us uh, on whichever podcast platform you use, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. We're on all of them. And, Lucas, we are uh, – I-, I can't believe at the time of us recording this podcast, we're eight days away. Uh, thank you, Tennessee Baseball, for shortening the football offseason a little bit. But it, it does not feel like – Football should be a week away. Typically, I'm doing the jersey countdown along with Tennessee at like day like 40 or 50, and that's when I'm really ready for football. And I still don't even know if I'm ready to watch the Tennessee football team, and it's going to happen next week. Yeah, let's see. The jersey countdown for eight days away. You've got Jonathan Crompton. You've yep. got Tyler Bray. Some quarterbacks in there. Uh, Tyon Evans uh, yep. this season for Tennessee. Uh, look, man, it's just been such a crazy offseason season for Tennessee football, for NCAA football, the most pivotal offseason in NCAA history, quite honestly, when you look at name, image, and likeness and a Supreme Court ruling and just everything, college football expansion talk, Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. Uh, it's all been such a blur that it's like, snap your fingers, like, oh, yeah, we got to play football now. Like, we got to play a season now after months of craziness. So uh, I can't wait, man. Eight days. I really can't believe it. Love that Tennessee's playing on this Thursday night. Love the spotlight that's going to be on Neyland Stadium in college football next Thursday night. Uh, let's dive in, man. Second to last UT podcast before Tennessee football is in action in 2021. I remember when we were starting these position previews, I was like, all right, so we'll, we'll just go through every single position. And that'll get us right to kickoff. And in my head, I was like, oh, great. We've got plenty of time to go through every single position. Uh, and here we are. Today, uh, we're doing quarterbacks. We're doing special teams. Uh, I feel like we've talked a little bit of quarterbacks in every episode. Uh, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on today's podcast, but we are excited for our big week one preview uh, coming up Monday next week. Uh, we're going to have multiple interviews. We're going to go about 45 minutes to an hour. That is going to be a complete preview 
uh, of of our coverage um, uh, for week one against Bowling Green. Uh, it'll get you ready for kickoff. If you're driving up Labor Day weekend to Knoxville, it'll get you to Cookville, maybe, uh, around that area if you drive as quickly as I do. Uh, so uh, look forward to that early on next week. So it'll, we'll have a new uh, time of the podcast next week. Uh, Joe Milton, Hendon Hooker, Harrison Bailey. Uh, of course, no Brian Maurer uh, to talk about in our quarterback preview, Lucas. Um, I am wondering now, going through the stats and going through the intricacies of what these guys bring, if we have talked enough about Hendon Hooker. Um, I think it's a foregone conclusion at this point that Joe Milton is Tennessee's starting quarterback, but as the more I see Hendon Hooker run, the more I see what he can do in the option game, the more I think we have not done Hendon Hooker enough justice in giving him ample time because this guy, I think, uh, is is a potential X factor for Tennessee at the quarterback position. Yeah, certainly. And listen, hat tip to this Tennessee coaching staff because yeah. Alex Golish said right at the top of training camp, you know, our goal is to keep this quiet until kickoff against Bowling Green. We'll see if that's possible here. I don't think it is. No. Look, we're a week removed from kickoff. And that has not come out. We have come to that conclusion based on just signs, what you've seen throughout practice. But this staff continues to say those guys are competing. They're doing a great job. We haven't decided on a quarterback as now you're starting to see Kentucky announce their starting quarterback. Some other schools officially moving forward. Jimbo Fisher announced his starting quarterback for Texas A&M. So figure it's any day now before something gets leaked or maybe the staff will pull off the impossible and we'll show up to kickoff not being totally 100% sure, thinking we know it's Joe Milton but not being 100% sure until we see number seven take that first snap. So before that, before anything, hat tip to Tennessee's coaching staff. But yeah, let's talk about Hendon Hooker because you're right. He's the guy that's kind of gone, uh, you know, underground in this whole conversation. Even Brian Maurer has drawn more discussion than him. And maybe yeah. that's because of his connection with being recruited by Hypel before to UCF and of course going to the transfer portal. Uh, but Hendon Hooker is a guy that Jeremy Pruitt's staff brought in. He was not a Hypel addition, only has one year of eligibility left so he's not really a guy you would anticipate hitting the transfer portal he's not taking any classes he is a grad transfer out of Virginia Tech and one game sticks out from 2020 I'm sure one game that really caught the eye of, of Tennessee's coaching staff and that's the game against Liberty at the time a ranked Liberty team number 25 in the country November 7th 2020 in a 38-35 loss by Virginia Tech to Hugh Freeze's Liberty 20 of 27 217 yards that is a 74 percent completion percentage three touchdowns and 156 rush yards a rushing touchdown average nearly eight yards per carry probably Hendon Hooker's best game as a Hokie though he did follow that up the next week with a 10 for 10 performance in the air and a win over Louisville for 183 yards added about 70 rush yards and three rushing touchdowns the following week so this guy can play yeah. he's got starting experience at the power five level and make no mistake he is a running quarterback over 600 yards in, in limited starts last season but He's got a cannon for an arm, and we saw it a little bit in the spring game, in the orange and white game, where he was the starter. He took the majority of the reps for Tennessee in that game, and I think you could argue maybe he had the lead before Joe Milton showed up on campus, but I I'm not ready to rule out Hendon Hooker right now simply because we don't have official confirmation that Joe Milton is the starting quarterback. We just think he's the starting quarterback. So it's interesting that, that he's been sort of ruled out of the conversation because you've got Harrison Bailey, the former five-star, Joe Milton, the guy this staff brought in, Hendon Hooker is that sort of X factor that we were all talking about until Joe Milton showed up on campus. Yeah, it, it's a really interesting piece of this conversation because 13 touchdowns compared to only two interceptions 
uh, in 2019 jumps out to me. Uh, if Hendon Hooker can be a serviceable runner, uh, a game manager who can distribute the ball in space, uh, not even that far down the field, because I think Tennessee has talent at wide receiver. If you can just get the ball from point A to point B and not commit these big turnovers, these big mistakes, Hendon Hooker can be Tennessee's starting quarterback. Uh, I think Joe Milton might be more of a feast or famine. Uh, you might get a home run. You also might get an interception. I mean, Joe Milton last year for Michigan was 20 of 39 for 314, a touchdown and two picks on third downs for Michigan in 2020. Uh, the two interceptions jump out to me, and Lucas, only 50% of his passes completed, uh, also jumps out to me on third downs last year for Michigan. I know I've talked about my optimism about Joe Milton. I still feel some of that, but I think the plan B, the what else can these quarterbacks do, we know Joe Milton is mobile. He's athletic. He's 245 pounds. Hendon Hooker's rushing yards are phenomenal. I mean, he rushed 123 times. Uh, for 356, uh, I, I believe that was that was in 2019 uh, for Hendon Hooker. That's solid. I mean, it, it, you can live with the extra dimension of the RPO game. I, I just think, Lucas, you're going to see two different kinds of offenses if Joe Milton is in there or if Hendon Hooker is there. And unfortunately for Hendon Hooker, I think that Josh Heupel's offense fits Joe Milton's skill set better. But I think at the end of the day, you're talking about more of a, an even playing field between these two guys if the offense fit both of them uh, uh, positively. I just think the, the offense is going to fit the big arm, the big style uh, of Joe Milton more than it is the kind of conservative runner that Hendon Hooker is. Yeah, and look, I'm going to maintain, like I said last week or the week before on this podcast, that there are so many other positions that I'm worried about for this roster right. that go before the quarterback position. That's kind of far down the list for me as far as concern going into Tennessee football for 21, just given what this staff has accomplished and Josh Heupel throughout his coaching career. I feel like whoever they trot out there, the offense is going to be competent just based on the system that they are playing around. Now, we talk like this is going to be a, a – it has to be a dual-threat running quarterback. That's not necessarily the case. He does have to be able to run, though. He has to be athletic. He has to be able to throw on the run during a rollout. Has to be able to, you know, for example, roll to his right, kind of cut the field in half and make snap decisions. And I think maybe that's where Harrison Bailey has the disadvantage because very much a pro-style passer, not necessarily a statue in the pocket, but doesn't even have near the mobility – that a guy like Hendon Hooker or Joe Milton have. And, and honestly, doesn't quite have the arm that, that that those guys have. Maybe a little more accurate, maybe a little better touch on his throws. But uh, I, I wonder how Harrison Bailey fits into this equation, especially if he doesn't get that backup role. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. Maybe the staff is also holding out with hopes to keep as many guys in that room as possible. You know, right. you name a starter now, and it kind of gives a guy more of an opportunity to go out and try to find a new destination within the transfer portal. But look, we're a week away from kickoff. So I think we're getting close to a decision. If this staff has not fully made a decision yet, then they're very close. In my mind, I feel like they have whatever conversations they're having in that room. I really feel like they have a good idea of who they're going to start out there, despite what Josh Heupel might say to the media. And look, Josh Heupel has spoken to the media for the last time until Monday. So maybe we'll get an announcement on game week against Bowling Green, but we're not going to hear from any Tennessee coaches until Monday, about four days before kickoff. So still a lot of question marks, but no matter how this thing shakes out, whether it's Hooker, whether it's Milton, whether it's Bailey, I'm just not concerned about the quarterback position. I just wonder who the odd man out is and how that affects his long-term future at Tennessee. That's the question for me.
my concern of the quarterback position really stems from my concern about the offensive line. Yeah. And the fact that Tennessee's probably not going to have a five that it likes on the offensive line until probably the Florida game. And we've seen that be an issue for Tennessee teams in the past, specifically uh, those Bush Jones teams near the end. They didn't have a five they liked. They kept shuffling so much that there was never any chemistry or cohesion amongst the five players that were playing at any given time on Tennessee's offensive line. Here's the thing for me that Harrison Bailey has to prove in order to give himself a shot at playing significant time this year. He has to prove that he's athletic enough to be a threat with his legs in some capacity. We saw him do a little bit of that last year. Uh, Harrison Bailey didn't take a lot of risks. He was either taking sacks or he was scrambling for five, six yards at a time. Uh, This is a guy that didn't take a lot of chances down the field. He didn't turn the ball over at interceptions, but that was almost his Achilles heel. He took too many sacks. He held on to the ball too long. The game didn't slow down for him enough in time to really compete and be the guy for Tennessee at the starting quarterback position. I just don't think Tennessee's plan B, I don't think their offensive line uh, and these wide receivers are good enough to just beat teams straight up with a traditional quarterback. You're going to have to have a second option, like what Joshua Dobbs did early on in his career for Tennessee. He was the best option for the balls because he could run when everything broke down, and he was a master at improvisation. I think the Tennessee quarterback that improvises the best and makes something out of nothing is going to be the guy to play the most snaps this year. Harrison Bailey might be the best overall quarterback and thrower among these three guys, but I think he's probably the worst at improvising when plays break down, which I think is going to be his flaw in this quarterback competition. Yeah, and and we don't just say this based on, you know, what you've seen from Hypo offenses and what quarterbacks have done under Hypo in the past. Alex Goldish told us this right at the start of training camp. He has to be able to run. He talked about Joe Milton said, we can win running the football with him. That was telling to me. I mean, he came out and just straight up told us. So, uh, yeah, and he, which kind of what you're saying echoes that. Uh, but the thing with Bailey last year, I'm willing to give him some benefit of the doubt just yeah. based on that system and, and what he was being asked to do. You know, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee's offense under Jim Chaney just never let a quarterback loose. And whether that was because of a fear of Jared Garantano throwing interceptions, uh, a fear that was obviously, uh, uh, obviously right to have, or maybe just, not willing to put a true freshman quarterback like Harrison Bailey in a tough spot. And, and remember, Harrison Bailey missed, I don't know how much of the of training camp right. last season because of COVID, everything that went into that. So willing to give him some benefit of the doubt there. Remember when he came in for that Arkansas game where Tennessee needs points. They need points quick. And it was check down after check down after check down. Felt like they never were, they never had that trust in him to just let him rip it downfield. That's not an issue for this coaching staff. I think once they settle in on a guy, they're going to let him grip it and rip it and just run with it. Once they find that trust, they're going to let him be decisive without holding him back any. Uh, quarterbacks coach Joey Halsley told us that as well uh, early on uh, after he got hired. So uh, I'm willing to give Bailey some benefit of the doubt, but you're right. I think that does set him back a little bit where he has to kind of separate himself is with that touch, the accuracy that maybe Joe Milton or Hendon Hooker don't have the ability to make good decisions because Milton, though he flashed last year for Michigan, four touchdowns, four interceptions, and just the way he tailed off after that performance in the loss to Indiana, 344 yards, had three touchdowns, a pair of picks, but everything was downhill from there. And it is Michigan. It's Jim Harbaugh and his quarterbacks. We know all that. He was dealing with a thumb injury. There's so many factors that go into all three of these quarterbacks' performances in 2020, which is another reason why it's kind of tough to sit here and make a prediction and, and pinpoint strengths and weaknesses. Nobody knows that better than Tennessee's coaching staff. 
right now. But you're right. Harrison Bailey has to separate himself by showing he is capable of throwing on the run, the agility in the pocket, and, and just those advantages that he is perceived to have over these guys. He's really got to hone in on those and take advantage of them. And, and to be honest, we don't know if he has. I think these quarterbacks, too, you have to be conservative. You can't be a net negative. You have to at least be just a push, a, a neutral piece of this offense, because it's going to be a lot of catch and run. I like Valus Jones Jr. a lot. I like Jalen Hyatt a lot. I like Javante Payton uh, coming over from Mississippi State. I like the pieces Tennessee has at wide receiver. The quarterback is in this iteration of a Josh Heupel offense just can't screw it up, honestly. Uh, that's going to be the biggest thing is managing uh, the moving pieces on the offensive line, getting the ball to your playmakers in space, and then just letting your wide receivers, who I think are as athletic and as deep as Tennessee's been at wide receiver in a couple of years now, let them make plays. Uh, they can't live with the interceptions. They can't live with the fumbles uh, on exchanges and RPOs. I think the skill position players on this offense are really good. Uh, I think the starting lineup, the guys at the top of the depth chart, are, are solid. I think they're solid enough to be where Tennessee actually wants to be. But again, it's the depth and it's overcoming mental mistakes, overcoming shooting yourself in the foot. If Tennessee doesn't shoot themselves in the foot all that much this year, they're going to be okay on offense. I think this is a bowl eligible team. This is a six win team. If Tennessee just doesn't beat itself. That's the biggest thing though, that we've seen under Jeremy Pruitt uh, against Auburn, against Arkansas, against Kentucky, even Tennessee beat itself in all three of those games. Kentucky, they probably lose to either way. But that is the biggest thing I want to see out of a Tennessee quarterback this year. Just don't lose the game. You don't have to go win it. Just don't lose it because your defense is not good enough to overcome a lot of the mistakes that Tennessee was making last year. Yeah, and that's where I think this coaching staff has enough options to where they're going to find a guy that they trust enough to yeah. let him loose. Uh, they're not going to hold anybody back once they go with their guy. You know, Tennessee's coaching staff didn't trust any quarterbacks last year because – there were no quarterbacks to be trusted. You had Harrison Bailey, a true freshman who hardly got any fall camp reps in, and then Jared Garantano. And kind of his, his reputation at Tennessee speaks for itself, though I wish him the best at Washington State and all of that. Uh, so, you know, and, and Jeremy Pruitt and his staff got criticized for that. But at the same time, they, who, who are they going to trust on that in that quarterback room in 2020? I think there are options there for this coaching staff to be, to be able to afford to put their trust into a guy. Now, what I'm interested in, against Bowling Green is if we see somebody else. Yeah. If this staff kind of puts up this facade of a quarterback battle still going, and that would probably require Tennessee running away with the game a little bit. Obviously, the priority is to win. We've all seen what happens when, when they go into a game just expecting to be 1-0 and afterwards, and this game is just for to find out what we have, go back to Georgia State and all of that. So you got, you got to win the game. But if Tennessee does its job and, and has good separation, I wonder if this staff will see what they have in – uh, the guy that they didn't start, maybe the second or the third guy, because going in against Pitt, uh, you know, the Pitt Panthers uh, are, are going to have some time to prepare for Tennessee. It's a nasty defense, too. Yeah, it always is with Pat Narduzzi. That's mm -hmm. his thing. He's a defensive backs guru. It's always their MO in the ACC. So I wonder if they're going to try to, you know, put up that facade of there still being a quarterback battle ongoing, or if they're just going to say, this is our guy. We're riding with him. Uh, so that's what I'm most int intrigued to see, not just to see who starts the game against Bowling Green, but to see maybe who comes in in the second half if there is another quarterback appearance. If all goes well for Tennessee, there probably will be. If the game's a little closer than you might think, then, then maybe there will be one or maybe he doesn't play well and they have to put in another. So this thing's far from over. Whoever takes that first snap uh, against Bowling Green, I don't think it's just over from there. I think there's still a lot more to learn.
going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and we will certainly dive into all of that specifically next week as we learn more uh, heading into game week number one uh, on the Ultimate Tennessee podcast. Another area where Tennessee's got to be good, Lucas, special teams. It's a third of the game, so we're going to spend some time on it. Uh, here on this podcast, Tennessee can't afford mistakes at the quarterback position. They've also got to be pretty perfect uh, in the return game and the kicking game. Uh, they've got a lot of veteran experience uh, at these positions. It's important for these guys to play like veterans from kicker to punter to kick returner all the way down. Yeah, no doubt. And I think there's some heavy competition at that spot talking about kick and punt returner. Someone I talked to has told me that Bayless Jones is the guy that's gotten the most work, especially on kickoff. Tyon Evans is a guy who returned kicks in JUCO. He really flashed there during his recruitment at Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. But uh, we're just sticking to the returners for now, I know we're going to get to kickers and punters. I, I think Bayless Jones is your guy on kickoffs. We saw that last year. Jimmy Callaway could be a factor. I wonder how much Jalen Hyatt uh, will be a factor. Maybe Jalen Wright. These are the fastest guys on the roster. So so I'm interested to, to see that. But I do think the the one thing that we know about who's returning kickoffs. I think Bayless Jones is going to be out there in week one. I think he's going to be consistent in the return game all season for Tennessee. Yeah, uh, it absolutely is. And you've got a couple of guys um, that are kind of game breakers. I mean, Jimmy holiday, a former high school quarterback um, uh, who could see some time in a, in a spot like that, who was just an improviser. Um, it, you watch his tape from high school and he's just taking the ball and saying, go, um, you know, like some of the guys that we see on Friday nights here in Tennessee. Um, so that's a guy that's interesting to me at that position. But I think you're right. Valus Jones Jr. is this team's uh, most electric playmaker on offense. Uh, I think that's a safe assumption to make at this point heading into his final season as a Vol. I want the ball in that guy's hands as much as possible, uh, starting with the kicking game. Yeah, and maybe, you know, I, I'd be surprised if he's getting all the reps as the kick and punt returner, given how much he's going to be on the field with this offense. So maybe that's the hole that you're looking to fill at punt returner, and it's going to be interesting. Jalen Wright's a guy who, who has had a really great camp, but maybe behind in the pecking order, behind Tyon Evans and Jabari Small at running back. So maybe that's where he gets his opportunities at punter. Maybe that's Jalen Hyatt's spot. Or Holiday, like you mentioned, Jimmy Callaway. So I think there's, that's maybe where the battle is ongoing, is that punt returner. But there's no doubt that Tennessee has playmakers. They have speed to plug into those spots. Uh, at the kicking spot, uh, Chase McGrath uh, has two years of remaining eligibility, including the fall of 2021. Uh, starting kicker at USC for three seasons. Uh, had a knee injury that he sustained in 2018. 32 of 42 on field goals in his career, including a career long of 52 yards uh, in 2019. Uh, he is two of four from 50 yards or more, uh, and he's made 118 of his 119 uh, points after. Um, a good veteran kicker, uh, good for Tennessee, replacing Brent Samaglia. Um, uh, another guy that Tennessee is going to really need a big season out of uh, with the way this offense is constructed. I think especially early on before this offense kind of clicks, uh, going to be important uh, uh, for Tennessee's success. Yeah, there's going to be a battle there. It doesn't sound like special teams coordinator Mike Eckler has really determined the starting kicker, which is interesting. Uh, I think you've got three guys in that mix, really yeah. probably just two. Uh, you have JT Carver, the, the true freshman that, that might be on the outside looking in there. Chase McGrath, the second UFC, USC transfer to come to Tennessee this offseason, joining 
defensive lineman Caleb Tremblay. But you're right. You just rattled off the numbers. Toby Wilson, a guy, Will, that I know went to the same high school as you, grew up in the same area, a guy you know uh, who came in for Brent Samaglia, who opted out last season. Now he's off to Georgia Tech. Wilson came in, knocked through seven PATs in 2020. He's got the familiarity uh, with this football team, with the program. So wouldn't be surprised to see Toby Wilson trotted out there as the starter. But, I mean, when you look at what those two have accomplished at the Power 5 level, Chase McGrath has the most experience. So that's an interesting battle. That's probably an underrated battle on this roster that nobody's really talked about is the kicking battle between Toby Wilson and Chase McGrath. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see who goes out there for that first PAT because when you look at kickoffs I think it's going to be Paxton Brooks who you saw last year Uh, he'll be the starting punter as well Colby Morgan is in there as a freshman until Morgan showed up Brooks was the only punter on the roster I think Tennessee is comfortable with what they have there in Brooks so he will be the kickoff specialist you would expect Uh, but yeah that first extra point that first field goal attempt will I have no no idea who we're going to see until that first depth chart comes out or until kickoff against Bowling Green my guy Toby former Brentwood Academy cross-country legend Toby Wilson oh did he run cross-country as well oh yeah Oh, yeah, it's my guy right there. Uh, former Brent Mead resident uh, in, uh, off Concord Road in Brentwood, Tennessee, if we have any Brentwood listeners. Uh, love that dude. Uh, wish, the, wish him all the best, uh, for sure. Uh, Paxton Brooks, the, the kickoff guy, you mentioned him. The punter um, at Punter University still continues to be Tennessee. Uh, All-SEC second team, Ray Guy Award watch list. Um, it, death taxes in Tennessee having one of the best punters in the SEC. You can always count on that. No doubt. Yeah, if anything, it's consistent. We're the ball's in the Titans, right? Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. It's honestly, it's, it's the only consistent that I've really had to rely on with any of my teams in football. Like, it's, it, it's honestly incredible. Even my high school. I mean, obviously, Toby was the kicker when I was at Brentwood Academy for a year there. Uh, incredible. Incredible. Um, all right. Uh, as we get out of here, Lucas, Walter Nolan uh, continues to be uh, a guy we're monitoring. This is our weekly Walter Nolan update um, because now in recruiting, there are updates every week just for the same guy. Incredible to me. Uh, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Georgia, the final three for Walter Nolan officially. Um, I mean, this is, this is a guy who's tweeted, I'll commit when I get to 11,000 Instagram followers. He just got there. So, you know, who knows, but I don't know. It's so hard for me to predict what an 18 year old, a 17 year old is thinking uh, I do think he's going to commit to Tennessee. I would be more closer to 50-50, 60-40 that he's going to sign with Tennessee. Uh, but this is the number two player in the country, according to 247 Sports, uh, would be just a massive piece. And we've talked about our confidence in Ronnie Garner landing guys like this. This would be a foundation to build your first full class on if you're Josh Hype. Yeah, top three of Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Georgia. Interesting to see Florida out of that mix in Georgia kind of in its place, but I think that should be a concern for any Tennessee fan. Anytime Georgia is in that mix, I think you'd rather it be Dan Mullen uh, really being in that mix other than Kirby smart, because we've seen what Kirby smart, the kind of damage he can do recruiting wise in Knoxville. But uh, yeah, Tennessee's got a few things working in, in, in their favor when it comes to Walter Nolan, which we've talked about. Obviously Rodney Garner is the giant X factor, the defensive line coach at UT, but uh, his head coach, Marlon Walls, a former Vol. Now his head coach at Powell High School, just a few minutes away from Tennessee's campus. Wall's a guy who knows what it's like to be a very highly recruited defensive tackle. He was uh, you know, a top five defensive tackle coming out of his class 
back in the day before he committed to Tennessee. So I'm sure he's provided plenty of guidance for Nolan in this effort. Nolan was in Neyland Stadium just a couple weeks ago in the Jamboree playing for Powell High School. And he talked about it with local reporters after the Jamboree. You know, I could see this being my home. I could see my college career being here in Neyland Stadium. Uh, and, you know, recruits say stuff like this all the time. But, well, I will say this graphic, the Tennessee player is the tallest and biggest towering over the AM and Georgia players. I, I don't know. These are the games that we play during <laughs> recruiting, and I hate myself for Good doing Lord. it, but I'm just throwing that out there. Do we? Oh, my gosh. That's a – I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a legit point. I remember, like, when the end game – movie poster came out one of my friends was like oh uh, tony stark uh, iron man in the middle of it, it's like a crucifix maybe he'll sacrifice himself for the greater good uh, spoiler alert obviously if you've if it, go see endgame if you have it by this point but anyway that was a uh, that was i remember analyzing movie <laughs> yeah posters. you can't you can't spoil it and then say spoiler alert no but you're right, i mean come on right. like if the it, movie came out if anybody had, you're right you're right no it's it's fair game it's fair game <laughs> but i do uh, feel bad though yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we should probably just like end the show right now after getting into recruiting graphics dice, an, an, analysis. Podcast. Uh, yeah, let's just hit, hit stop right it's been now. Really but, fun. Uh, it's what episode like sixty six or something. Yeah, like, well, we just we probably just won't be back after that. But no, uh, uh, the, but look, it, it's going to be interesting to, to keep up with Walter Nolan playing in East Tennessee. Uh, I just can't believe Tennessee's still in the mix for this kid. You know, massive credit to Josh Heupel and Rodney Garner for even being in the running, given everything this program is facing with the NCAA investigation, which there is uh, as much of an update as you could get on David Ubbin of The Athletic, which if you're not uh, subscribed to The Athletic by now, do it. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal investment. Uh, Ubbin, who is stepping back to cover college football as a whole, still provides great coverage of the Vols, put out a great piece on The Athletic about the NCAA investigation, the fact that the last interview took place in July. Maybe we'll hear something soon, but... So in the midst of all that, uh, it, it is it is just really impressive to me that Tennessee is even in the mix still for Walter Nolan. Uh, it, it's going to be a big battle to watch. Uh, it's nice for Tennessee to be close. Uh, being close in someone's final three doesn't do anything for you. Um, you don't get a certain amount of snaps from a kid just because he was your second choice, like uh, probably was the case with Ty Simpson. So um, got to get this one. Got to get this one. Uh, I'm never going to say a guy's a must-have. Uh, because obviously Ty Simpson was pretty close to that, but then you went and got a, a really good quarterback in Taven Jenkins shortly thereafter. So, uh, but that's one I think would would be pretty big to prove that you can pull a five star on the defensive side of the ball when you're an offense only head coach uh, would be a very very nice development for Tennessee. Uh, all right, uh, well we've got a mega episode coming for you at the beginning of next week. Uh, a couple of interviews. Uh, we will uh, have more details on that. As soon as those things are officially confirmed, you can uh, uh, check us out on Twitter uh, for more information on that, Lucas. But uh, excited to get into our first game week podcast. I'm not going to do what I did two years ago uh, when I had Ben McKee on for one of the first ever editions of this podcast. I just started his own. It was brand new. We were in like episode two or three and we were previewing the Georgia State game. And I said the exact words. Well, let's not discuss Georgia State at all because we know that that's this is not going to be a competitive game. I literally didn't even give them the respect of doing a five-minute Google search to learn like who their coach was, who oh, their no. quarterback was. Uh, I learned my lesson. So I will have a full breakdown, a full debrief on what Bowling Green State University does. Uh, and you better believe that I'm going to have a full scouting report because I, I think Tennessee would 
maybe like take this team seriously after what happened a couple of years ago. We will be prepared. We will let you know what Tennessee could potentially be concerned about against Bowling Green. But just know, no matter our analysis before the game, we're going to have great guests. Please tune in. It'll come out early in the week. No matter our analysis, you see a, go- a boat catch fire in the Tennessee River outside of Neyland Stadium next Thursday. Wrong. Just, you, you know, it's doomed. Get out of there. Get out of there. We will have yeah. the Bowling Green head coach's wife's maiden name next week uh, <laughs> on the 1045 The Zone Podcast Network. That's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a, a review. Helps more people find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, if you think we're like a two-star show, maybe don't give us a review. But if you think we're a four- or five-star show, then you let the people know uh, about your pleasure in this podcast. We'll talk to you next week, 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network.